Hello, welcome along to Baffled, the podcast filled with amazing facts that turn out when you deep down look at them to be utter nonsense. My name's Dan. Thanks so much for listening and for finding us. This week, I've got stuff for you all about defibrillators, a pricey, turdy coffee, and some pretty ridiculous laws as well. Uh, I'm with Connor. Connor, what have you brought to the table? Yes, mate. Hope you're doing well today. So I've brought you three facts. So do you love Ikea, lads? Well, it's one of my favourite places to go, and I'm not the only one. Also, who is the real Roald Dahl? And imagine living in a town alone. <laughs> Tell you what, your teasers are getting so much better. You thinking that Ikea is like one of the best places ever is mental. Um, it's wrong on so many levels. That is the voice of Mark Heads. Mark, what have you bought for us? Well, today I am going to be delving deep into pizza once again. Uh, there's some water that earns a lot more every year than we do. And I'm going to have a lot of struggle saying a very long word. Which is always very good on a podcast which exists only in audio. So strap yourself in for that. Let's crack on with a brand new battle. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, oh say can you see by the dawn's early light and something about a Star Spangled Banner. Uh, something very exciting happened earlier this week. Uh, we were featured on the uh, American Apple Podcast Store, which is very nice. So- okay, cool. I mean, we've got to do it properly. We've got, <laughs> yes. to, we've got to bring in the music and do it 100% down. We've got to do it the American way. We've got to do it big. We've got to do it bold. What is this? There we go, that's enough I'm, of that. I'm, I'm, I'm worried oh, that that's... Yeah, thank you. Connor, you have such a delightful voice. The voice of an angel. I don't even know the words, but I'm trying. You can tell that this doesn't happen to us a lot. Uh, yes, thank you very much. If you found us uh, that way, if you're listening to us over in the States, thank you so much for, for giving us a go. Uh, we are dedicating... Every uh, all of our first fact uh, today to you. We've got something transatlantic. Very quickly before we crack on, I'll let you peek in behind the curtain here. Um, in between me doing the little bit of intro chat and this bit, we spent what was it, Connor? About a good five minute wondering why we were very we were very quiet to you, and we went through every possible option, and then it turned out you just hadn't turned the volume up. Have you turned up the volume on your computer? Talk again. Because that's probably it, because we'll be coming through your computer into your desk. Talk again, Dan. Have you turned up the volume in your computer? Oh, my God, we're sorted. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. All right. Cheers, boys. We are ready to go. Let's do it. 
Yeah, it was pretty simple, really. Whenever I have any technical difficulty, it's usually the easiest of answers. I remember when I first started recording from home, I had Mark literally jumping onto my laptop screen daily just to get me to be able to record in the correct way. But yes, my uh, my laptop was turned down. So whoever it was that left a review for us saying that you're a bit like an eight-year-old child, I think we've just backed up their claim there, Connor. Yeah, I think that's pretty on the money. I accept that. I think that's the best review I've read yet. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the honesty of it. So uh, I've, got it in fr- I've got it in front of me from Harpster79. Four stars. So, you know, not five stars, but four stars. Just I'm kind of enjoying this podcast. I like that of like, look, it's worth four stars. I'm kind of enjoying it. And then he goes on to be like, I was initially baffled at the lack of intelligence of Connor. However, since deciding to view him as a fairly averagely capable eight-year-old child, I find him endearing and enjoy the podcast more. (laughs) So if any of you struggling out there to figure out Connor, just imagine him as a fairly average capable eight-year-old child. Exactly. It works. Take Harps to 79's word for it. I don't want to be in the business of of reading out reviews often. I find that quite hokey. But when I saw that, that we've got to draw attention to this because now you know how we feel with this eight-year-old man-child over here. Be honest, gents. Did one of you leave that review? No, I know no. who it was, though. No? He's none, he's, so neither of you have a, the sort of a um, detective name as Hopster? Right, don't get, right, before we crack on with the... One more thing before we crack on with the facts. I want to lay this out now. You've mentioned detectives. No. I don't want to get my hopes up. Have you done anything about the wonton case? If not, say it now. No, I haven't. I'll tell you for why. Well, you, you've been busy they, in lockdown no, all week. They released the team of the season on FIFA, so I've dedicated pretty much most of my week to that. Jeez, eight-year-old child. Let's crack on. Nine facts. The most ridiculous... Uh, outrageous and nonsense facts that we can find over the last seven days. Connor, um, man child, take it away. Take it away. So we're coming in with the first fact and we're all doing the American one first, aren't we? To to say thank you to the American listeners, right? So let's we do are it. Indeed. Let's do it. So there is an actual town in America with just one person. Okay. Okay, I can go on. So you need to help me with the first bit. This is this is just, you know, typical Connor. I don't know how you pronounce the name of the town, so I'm going to spell it for you guys, okay? M-O-N-O-W-I. Minowi? M-O-N-O-W-I. M-O-N-O-W-I. Minowi? Minowi. 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 That's what I'm going for. Manawi or Manawi. So it's quite a hard word to pronounce, okay? So there we go. So I don't sound like an eight-year-old boy today. Anyway... Manawi, Nebraska's single resident, is 83 years old. She is the city's mayor, librarian, and bartender. Her Why name does it have a library? Surely the library in Manawi is just her living room. I haven't book. finished. That's just her collection of books. It's, it's a Kindle. <laughs> her name is Elsie Isla. She pays taxes to herself and considers people who reside 40 miles away to be her neighbours. Can Manawi have two residents soon? Can we ship you off over there just to just to show Elsie, uh, just, just to make Elsie happy, just so, so she can be treated to your uh, man-child joy? I think Elsie would love a little bit of Connor in, a weird, in her life. Not a weird way, by the way. I made that sound very weird. I don't, that's not the reason <laughs> I want to go over to Elsie. I'm can you imagine it? Elsie, she's just lived this lovely life, 83 years old, enjoying retirement. Well, it doesn't sound like she's enjoying retirement. She's a librarian and bartender and also the mayor. But anyway, and then all of a sudden, Connor Knight comes strolling in for a uh, for a quick visit. 
Oh, imagine that. Imagine you, you'll you'll get there on the bank holiday when everything's shut. <laughs> I don't. I I don't know. I don't want to say anything about Elsie, but can living by yourself for so can being the only person in town can that be at all joyful? They say that one of the the keys to having a long life, having a long happy life. Um, being in one of the blue zones is that you are surrounded by a lot of people that you call friends and family. I mean, I'm assuming that she hasn't always been alone. It's a big assumption, but well, what what I love the most about it is they've listed her occupations. Okay, so I understand that she's the city's mayor or whatever that is. Okay, that you know, I understand that if she's there on her own, somebody needs to run whatever it is that she lives in. I understand that, but why does she need a librarian? I mean, what is she checking out a book to herself to bring back to herself? I mean, there's probably a lot. So, I mean, I imagine it used to be much bigger. By much bigger, maybe, you know, a couple of hundred people. Hmm. So therefore, you know, they've all probably died over time. So that's probably why they have the bar. That's probably why they have the library. And she's just gone, well, I've got nothing else to do. I might as well just still, you know, keep them running, keep them going. Do you reckon it's the same situation as the dinosaurs? Like what we had sort of in the first couple of episodes where the dinosaurs went extinct because, of course, they just weren't, you know, attractive anymore. So nobody was interested in making more dinosaurs in the dinosaur world. So in in Nebraska's Manoe, everyone just sort of wasn't attracted to each other. So there was no reproduction happening. Hence why she's left. Here we go. So Manawi's peak years were in the 1930s when it had a population of, wait for it, 150 people. But then it lost its younger residents to cities because they had better jobs. And in 2000, it was just Elsie and Rudy, her husband, who then died in 2004, meaning that Elsie is the only remaining resident. I'd love to get, I'd love to get her on the phone or something. So this, apparently this was done from the 2010 census, Connor. Uh, so without getting too scientific on you, because I know that could use your capacity. Um, we, we, we've had 10 years since then. So maybe someone has moved in. I don't know. I don't know if I'd like to move into, into Elsie's like dominion. I think that'd be a bit, uh, that'd be like violation, wouldn't it? I think it'd be absolutely fantastic. I mean, I imagine it to be like, be like a film, you know, like in those films and stuff. I don't really know what films I'm talking about, but when you approach a little, a little area and there's just this, this little old lady that sits there and you know, she's lived there for, have you ever seen holes? Yes. You know, um, the lady that talks about the guy who carries the pig up the mountain. This is niche. I mean, I've seen it. It doesn't mean that I know that bit. Yeah, do, you remember, do you remember the, the, the young adult film from the early noughties when someone's carrying a pig up the mountain? It's exactly like this random place in Nebraska where one woman lives on her own. I just feel like if you went like, what's that film where you walk through the cupboard and you enter? Is it Narnia? Yes. Yeah. I feel you, like... You, you know holes, you, but you don't know uh, Lionel Witch in the Wardrobe. <laughs> Fantastic. I feel like if you walked through the cupboard... And, and it was to take you to a, a place, it would be where Elsie is. But there's nothing there. There's literally nothing there. Why? No, why I, no, no, no there? mate. I reckon this is like the, um, oh, oh, I really, I was about to make a really good comment. Um, what's that place where nobody can go? Um, where all the government apparently do alien stuff? Area, area 51. 51. Yes, I reckon this is Area 52, mate. Uh, well, you know what? I would love to. You just said you're going to make a really great comment. I'd love to know what a fantastic <laughs> comment is. I'd love I mean, to I'd see like to know when the good comment's going to come. Like the comment spectrum in your head. Do you know how many books? Do you know how many books are in Elsie's library? 
How many? 5,000. How do you know that? Well, because I've got the internet in front of my fingertips. Oh, you're Googling. Oh, okay. You're looking up my fact just to see the legitimacy of it. I tell you what. So, uh, if you've listened to this for the last few episodes, you will know that we gave Chief Inspector Connor Knight a mission, which was to look into the wanton case. He has so far proved dramatically poor at his job. How about this? And I'm not going to send you a time frame on this because I don't, I, I, I don't want this to be really drab when it ends up not happening. But I'd like you to look into... You've got emails. You've got the internet. There's been loads of human interest pieces about Elsie Isla. I would like you to try and use your special internet powers, Chief Inspector Knight, to, to look into the possibility of getting her just to come on the show. Any okay. way that we can, all right? Okay, you want me to... If we can to... get an email from her, that would be great. Okay, so you would like me to try and get 83-year-old Elsie who lives in a town on her own on this podcast for a chat? Yes. Okay, leave it with me, gents. Now that I'm interested in. Right, fact two. Hang on. Right, Mark, let's get your first fact in. Uh, we're, de- we're dedicating this, uh, the first facts to America. So we're very excited because we're, we're, we're like the Beatles. We're like 1D. We're cracking America. That's a dated reference. 1D anyway, we're cracking. Not the Beatles isn't. Mark, what's your first fact? Did you know that Americans eat about 100 acres of pizza every day? <laughs> I saw this fact. <laughs> when I was looking for the American fact, I saw this. And do you know what? <laughs> And I ignored it because I thought one of the boys has definitely used it. That is so good. There is about three billion pizzas sold every year in the USA. (laughs) It's ridiculous, isn't it? When I read it, can you honestly, that is so much bizarre. Look, you saying words in a slightly foreign language don't make you sound smarter, mate, all right? No, but... (laughs) Bizarre. <laughs> Which is also not how the Italians say it. It's not how anyone says it. Honestly, right. When I went to America, I went to um, New York. I, went, I don't know if you guys have been to New York. Um, I know Dan has. Have you, Mark? I have indeed. You have indeed. Did you ever go to John's Pizzeria? No. Oh, no. Well, I'll tell you what, if there are, I mean, now, now it, feels, it feels incredible that I can do this, but um, if any of the uh, New York listeners are tuning in right now and you know about John's Pizzeria, you know what I am saying. That is a gaff, mate. Their pizza. So what I love is it's probably like when people come to London and everyone's like, oh, have you been to this place? And it's like, that's just so <laughs> touristy. <laughs> just so touristy. So it's probably like that. Uh, Lombardi's is also probably touristy, but that is the oldest pizzeria opened in 1905 in New York City. So that is how long America has been in love with pizza. Yeah, but if you look at it, like New York can offer us these incredible pizzerias and, you know, these fantastic places to go. What are you going to get when you come to London? Wimpy. <laughs> well, yeah, if you came to Fish London in chips, the 30s. Probably. What are you talking about? There's not been a Wimpy in, in London for ages. <laughs> right, my first American fact. Uh, I, I'm loving our American listeners, but my word, we've paid them a lot of airtime so far, isn't we? Here we go. Uh, if you're feeling a little bit flirty... In some parts of America, and you've got a moustache, it could be pricey because you could be fined because it's illegal. <laughs> now, uh, this is not just one fact. It's, if you like, it's like 50. It's a, it's a lot of facts because it's all the ridiculous, archaic laws that are still in existence in some American states. So, for instance, if you're in Indiana, moustaches are illegal if the bearer has a tendency to regularly kiss other humans what do they class as a tendency i always get so lost with dan's uh, facts and they just wait well, you know they, they like to do it in, if you're in iowa if you're a one-armed piano player in iowa 
you better not be charging because by law you need to perform for free. That's quite mean, isn't it? I think. What? Hold on. So if you've got a mustache, you get arrested in in Indiana. If you've got a tendency for kissing people, so yes, you would, Connor. I shaved a bit of a tash actually during isolation in Iowa, as I say. Uh, one-armed piano players must perform for free by law. Uh, back on the pizza in Louisiana, you can be fined. $500 for sending a pizza order to someone's house without their knowledge about it. You can't pull those pranks. In Nevada, uh, it's illegal to drive a camel on the highway. Who would ever do that? What you, how many facts are we doing here? Well, this, is, this is all under one fact. I'm knocking you out. I knew we were doing the American one. And I thought, well, I can't just leave you lie with your one. I'm going to absolutely smash it. So are we, are we basically coming back to these like ridiculous laws that are in different parts of the world, aren't we? Because we, we have covered this before in some uh, aspects, haven't we? Like with... point. I, sh- I, should, I should have saved these facts and done them over multiple episodes. In New York, uh, slippers apparently are not allowed to be worn after 10 p.m. After? After. That's like prime. That's, that's prime, like prime slipper, slipper time. time. <laughs> I'm literally just in my slippers at by eleven. Like just my slippers. Just your slippers. Nothing else. Yeah, like completely naked with my slippers on at around about eleven o'clock. What, what, hang on. Do, do you have a specific times of the day where you only where you wear certain clothes? Yeah. So I sort of shower and I sort of shower and bath around about half nine. Both. I get into some. Both. Get into both. Some, you shower and bath. So I shower or bath, usually a bath in the evening, uh, around about half past nine. And then I get in some relaxing clothes until about 10. And then I think, oh, let's get naked. So I get naked at about quarter past 10. And then, yeah, I usually put the slippers on at about 11 to go downstairs and make a tea. Why do you put the slippers on? Because my floor in my kitchen is Yorkstone. So it's like a stone floor. Um, So it hurts my feet. Why are you making a cup of tea naked? Well, I'm just naked anyway. So mum and dad are in bed. So why not? That's hang on, hang on. You're, na- you're walking around naked with your mum and dad in the house. Uh, no, they're asleep. But, uh, yeah, but what if they want to get up and go make a cup of tea because they just can't get to sleep? Well, uh, easy, Mark. They know uh, about Connor's very specific evening ritual half nine bed or shower. Then he gets into some nice loungewear. Then he takes off the loungewear like 10 minutes later to go downstairs in some slippers and make a cup of tea. Why are you putting the loungewear on in the first place? Because when you get out of the bath, I, I automatically put on the clothes because I don't know, it's just like a thing. And then usually about 15 minutes into, into watching some Netflix, I get a bit hot. So the top comes off, then I get a little bit hotter. The bottoms come off and I sleep naked anyway. So How you know, hot the, is your room? Yeah, I've got a hot room. My room is hot. Well, we've discussed this, haven't we, Mark? There is no partition. There's no wall between his bedroom and his bathroom. So if he's having a steaming hot bower, uh, bath at half nine, which, by the way, is a barbarically late time to have a bath. Really? Uh, it's going to be stuck. My word, half nine. That's no, ludicrous. I go to bed at about one. So I think that's pretty good. I, I, I'm, I'm all right with the 9.30 bath. Why are you going to bed at one o'clock? Mate, I honestly, this is the God's honest truth. I can't remember the last time I went to bed before 12. You're still in that teenage mentality, aren't you? We're like, oh, don't have to have a bedtime. Going to stay up as late as I can. Yeah. Like, if, I, if I can get to bed at 10 o'clock, I am. I'm happy as Larry. <laughs> I am going to bed at 10 so o'clock. So am I. Like. And little did we know, Mark, while we're in bed, uh, Connor is downstairs letting it all hang out, dipping it in the teacups. Oh, I did wonder what I could hear last night. It turns out it was you dipping it in the teacup. Yeah, there we go. Okay, can we leave it there? Because the thought of my penis in a hot cup of tea is making me turn. Right, there we go. Thank you so much if, if you have found us through the American Apple Podcast Store. Um, we're we're going to move on from American Should we one more blast of this? <laughs> Stop it. No. Oh, we are just ringing. Uh, ringing? Uh, is ringing go. a word? No, we are no. just... No, I'm going to move. They're completely we, fouled. We, 
we are sucking that teat dry, I think. Uh, Connor, he of testes in the teacup. Give me your second fact. Beloved children's book author, Roald Dahl, was actually a spy. Ah, I did know this. Did know this. You did know this. Was he? Yeah, he was. I'll explain why. I knew Dad would know this. Right, I'll explain why. So, though best known as the author of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach, the author put in time as a spy for the British Security Coordination Gathering Intelligence during World War II. One of his specialities was using his charm to seduce society ladies, my guy, possibly for intelligence gathering, possibly for his own leisure. Let you on. Let you work that one out, boys. Does it say my guy in the bit of script that you were reading there? No, I added that. But the yeah, fact he was a spy and at the time of being a spy, Mr. Roald Dahl was chatting up the ladies. I just think legend. Do you reckon he had Jaffa cakes up his bum? <laughs> Let's not get back into this. So are we, is this pre him doing books? Yeah. Yeah, this is World War II. So think about when the books were written, Mark. God, seriously. Roald Dahl lived... Uh, an insane life like he went to school didn't eat i think he was a chocolate taster at school that's how he got the inspiration for the, all the charlie and the chocolate factory books he was in a plane crash when he was at war as well he he lived in um in africa for a while i love my roald dahl what can i say i'd say clearly so clearly you are very much in love with your roald dahl i mean he, he he is a legend he is a you know come up with some incredible stories why do you think he hasn't written a kid's book about spies i don't know surely that surely that is what he should be doing. Have you interviewed him, Dan? No, I think he died just before I was born. Yeah, oh, I think right. so. Would have been quite hard for me to do that. Did he write Gigi Bang Bang? Or did he write one of the James Bond films? No, uh, Ian Fleming wrote Gigi Bang Bang. Yeah, but I think, he? He did it, I think he did it with, um, with Roald Dahl. Hang on, talk amongst yourselves. Well, just, just to sort of bring in some dates for you. World War II finished 2nd of September 1945. And Roald Dahl wrote Charlie on the Chocolate Factory in 64. So that's about 20, 20 years later that he wrote that book. So yeah, 20 years before writing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, my guy was chatting up ladies and being a spy in World War II. Right, first, first things first. Um, you can't stop calling Roald Dahl one of the, the greatest novelists of the 20th century, my guy. Uh, like I, he's I, getting I, protective over his authors. I, I don't know the guy. Getting, watch out, Connor. He's getting protective over his authors. Yeah, I don't, God, I don't know the guy. So I know you, day. and there is no way that he would have taken you calling him my guy. Uh, also, I was correct. He died just before I was born. When, was he, when, when did he die? He died on the 23rd of November, 1990. So I, was, I wasn't even born. I was right. born in 95. You weren't even an apple in your parents' eyes. You know what? None of us were. Also, he wrote the screenplay for uh, You Only Live Twice, the James Bond film, and for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. There you go. 50 points to Simo. You can't give yourself points. So yeah, Roald Dahl led an extraordinary life in America during, well, during the Second World War as a philandering James Bond-style spy. Oh my God, he's a James Bond-style spy with a stable of women. Are you only reading this for the first time now? No, no, you no. Like I'm just find a fact and then just like get all the info. Go, oh, read on the podcast. No, no, fine. no. I actually typed in on Google "Roll Doll Ladies" to start trying to kind of see whether there was anything about <laughs> the ladies. Roll Doll, my guy. Yeah, the ladies. I think you harbour some dreams to be a spy, don't you? I'll be honest. I think you would be a 
pants spy. I think you would look the part. I think you would look. I think you would look like James Bond. You would look quite dapper, but I don't think you could trick anyone into being anything. It's in the spy world. Do you know what? Thanks, Dan. The issue as well is you, is you kind of have to blend into the background, and I don't think Connor's a background person. Honestly, I would be really, really good. I'd move really stealth-like. Uh, <laughs> no, that's just... the point. If you're moving stealth-like, you're giving yourself away as a spy. You need to blend oh, yeah. in. You need That's to blend in. Well, anyway, so, Roald Dahl was I, a spy. I feel, like, I feel like you would be the cartoon version of a spy. A spy that is constantly completely over the top and like doing forward rolls through hotel lobbies for absolutely no reason. Oh, yeah. Like, that have... is what would... You would be found in 10 minutes. I'd carry a like, gun I just think because that's I the length. That's the length of your spy career. 10 yeah. minutes. I'd be like James Bond. In fairness, you're the uh, Johnny English style of spy where everyone just goes, no. No, he would. Surely they wouldn't employ him as a spy. Well, this is the problem as well. You would be. Maybe you've made friends with the North Koreans. You're behind enemy lines. You've managed to to sneak a, a room in the Grand Palace they have there. You're finally infiltrating. And then Kim Jong-un kind of wanders down uh, late at night to get himself a drink. And you're there, balls akimbo, getting a cup of tea, giving yourself away as a Westerner. It's terrible. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Look on the Bright Side is the brand new podcast which helps to shed light on some of the feel-good, amazing stories happening through this lockdown period. Search Look on the Bright Side wherever you found this podcast and take some time out to enjoy and smile with us. Together we can make it through. Right, Mark, let's get your second fact, please. The Trevi Fountain in Rome makes 3000 euros a day. Wow. Oh, that's annoying, God. isn't it? <laughs> that is that is mental. Do you know do you know 10 cents of that is mine? There we go. You are you are part of the problem. Uh so in uh, 2016, an estimated 1.4 million euros was thrown into the fountain, making it a heck of a lot better paid every year than we are. How much? 1.4 million euros. 
Wow. I reckon, one sing- in one single year. Do you reckon they distribute that out to all the geezers trying to sell you sunglasses walking around that have made no money all year? Uh, I mean, that's a, what do they do with it? Because surely you can't just have 1.4 million euros sat at the bottom of a fountain. I I'm curious about what they do with it, though. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's used to maintain the fountain. Maybe it is. That's a good point. I've never been to Rome. I don't want this to become a travelogue episode. We've no. wanged on about North uh, North Korea, apparently, and, and New York. I don't really want to... But that, that's pretty cool. That is do pretty you reckon cool. there's one person who claims to be employed to f- clean up the fountain, but actually he's never been employed in his life and he's just worked out that he can take all the money by cleaning the fountain and effectively no. gets paid a salary of 1.4 million euro every year? Because that would be a brilliant way of doing it. This is the old tale. I think, I'm think i not sure if it's apocryphal. I'd like to believe it's not. But of the, uh, it was something like a theme park and there was a field outside the theme park. Everyone was parking there. So someone wanders up one day and just says that he's the car park attendant and he charges everyone like a quid to park their car outside the theme park. Now, the theme park thought that he worked for the council. The council thought that he worked for the theme park. So it was this dude just there getting like thousands of pounds a day. It is a little wow. bit like that. That's what you can do. So that that opens up a whole new thought process for me. All these fountains that are all around the world, like, you know, you've got the Trafalgar Square fountain. How would they be like, how much money is in there? I want to know how they get the money. And where did it come from, throwing water in the fountain? Why is that even a thing? Throwing water in the fountain is almost the p- pure core point of the fountain. Yeah, but really? Do you mean throwing money in the well, fountain? The money, that's it. Oh my god, yeah. Well, what? people people believe it, don't they? We went, we said, we said recently that you um that you you believe you have a lucky coin. I don't want to get started on that much more, but that people believe that if you throw these things into stone and water, that everything's going to come true. Yeah. It's also that, like, the idea that you're meant to throw it with your right hand over your left shoulder. What's this? That's supposedly how you're meant to throw coins into the uh, Trevi Fountain. Right hand over your left shoulder. Right hand Why? over your left shoulder. Who makes, these, who makes this stuff up? Getting very ranty, but, you know, people just do things and oh, that's what you're supposed to do, actually. Come on. Do you reckon one person just did it once? Was like, oh, I don't want that. Chucked it right hand over their left shoulder and went, <laughs> Mamma mia, that is what we must do. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but you've got to make a wish, haven't you? None of my wishes have ever come true, so it obviously doesn't work. Mark, I feel like you needed to bring more to this fact. What What more do you want? I, I wanted to know more how they get the money out, why they get the money out, who gets the money out. They get the money, the money out with a pooper scoop. With a what? With a pooper scoop. Okay, right there. I want to know go. where it goes, though. I want to know where it goes. I reckon. Uh, I have found you. out. They use it. The money's used to subsidize a supermarket in Rome for Rome's uh, homeless and needy. Well, you know what? Well, I take there that. are regular attempts to steal the coins from the fountain, but it is illegal to do so. They use, they're a bit like Pret a Manger, aren't they? <laughs> How? In what way are they like Pret a Manger? <laughs> because they give away the homeless food at the end of the day. They give away the homeless food at the end of the day. So the Pret. There we go. If one thing has come from this podcast, Brett and the Trivi Fountain are good things. Right, let's get my second fact then. Uh, Connor, you notably love your coffee, don't you? Oh, mate, I love it. Mark, you like a little coffee? Seen every now and then? I am so addicted. I had to have a day off yesterday because I was worried I'd drunk too much. Right. Are you a coffee aficionado though or are you just like look i just need the i just need the juice man i need the buzz or are you I'm like a connoisseur. Because, yeah Con- connor is definitely a connoisseur i mean have you seen how preposterous his instagram is yours i reckon you're just a you, you you love your regular coffee you're not too curious with it yeah yeah that's fair I, it's got to be a good coffee but i'm, I'm not too i'm not too 
I'm not a connoisseur. I'm a marksir about it. Oh, oh my God. God, you can edit that out. Did you know one of the most expensive coffees in the world is turd from an animal? Yes, no. I did know this. I did know this. Who's who's paying to drink that? So, the... I, I won't be able to pronounce it. Sorry, uh, people from Indonesia. Uh, the Kopi Luwak uh, is a coffee that consists of partially digested coffee cherries. They've been eaten. They have been defecated by the Asian palm civet, uh, which is like a small kind of monkey cat looking creature. And it's one of the most expensive coffees in the world. It, it retails at, uh, up to 700 US dollars per kilogram. Wow. Gee, wow. Expensive coffee. coffee. Does it taste that much better? I've never had it. I'm not paying that much money for turd. Got free turd. I will say that there is, I mean, I am a little bit of a snob for coffee. I can I can admit that. And I do love a good cup of coffee. And I understand different coffees as well, in a way. So like different beans, you can really, really taste the difference. Mm, like Costa yeah. Coffee, coffee is the worst. Is the worst coffee. Okay. But then they do like a Colombian bean which is like one pound more which is a complete ripoff but anyway no this is a great fact and i don't care about your coffee opinions no no but what i'm trying to say to you is is that coffee beans are very very important and also more expensive coffee i have paid for before and it is a better tasting coffee not saying that 700 dollars is an okay amount of money to spend on coffee but i can understand why people that have a lot of money would pay it because if it tastes good it tastes good. I don't care where it comes from. How are they discovering that it just, that it tastes good though? That's the question. When have you when have you ever seen like uh, half a monkey cat thing wandering up a tree? Has a little bit of a poopy poop, and then you then you have a little nibble and think, you know what? This would be good with boiling water pressed uh, through a cafetiere. I've always thought this about the person who who uh, invented milk for the first time. Oh my god! Don't get me started about that. Is ridiculous. Like who looked at a cow's udders and went, yeah, I can drink from that. People who did not have a Costa Coffee or a Pret-a-Manger down the road. I've never thought of this. I also I also wonder, though, is coffee a little bit like wine? I have this theory on expensive wine. That wine, to a certain point, the more expensive it is, the better it's going to taste. So, you know, if you're buying a £5 bottle of wine versus a £20 bottle of wine, the £20 bottle of wine is going to taste a lot better. Is there that much of a difference that the normal you, me, Connor could tell a difference between a £20 and a £700 bottle of wine? Could we tell the difference between a £20 bag of coffee and a £700 bag of coffee? I don't think you can. I think people pretend to. Yeah, I reckon there's an idea there. I think... I think wines possibly. I think with with coffee... I mean, you're not telling me that there is too much difference between cold brew nitro from Starbucks and some of this civet crap that's, you know, there's, there's not that much difference. There's a massive difference in coffee, in my opinion. A huge difference. Would you ever have fecal coffee? I would, I would eat animal poo, yeah. Hang on, hang on. There's a difference. That, you answered a very different question. <laughs> Dan said, would you drink fecal coffee? <laughs> and you just went straight and in the yes, yeah. I would eat animal yeah. poo. Yeah, if it's that's a, a very different answer yeah, to civet. a very different question. <laughs> Connor, let's get your third and final fact. Make it a good and wasn't that impressed by your second one, but I like talking about Roald Dahl. So go on, fact three. The IKEA catalogue is the most widely printed book in history. 
More than the Bible. History. More than the Bible. With more than 200 million copies in circulation every year, the IKEA catalogue surpasses the Bible, the Quran, and the Harry Potter series to earn the title of the world's most printed book. The annual catalogues are usually around 350 pages and vary in each of the 72 regions in which it's distributed. For example, catalogues in Saudi Arabia only feature men in their photos. The IKEA catalogue is officially the world's most widely printed book in history. Roald Dahl's catalogue would just be full of hotties, wouldn't it? Spy hotties. Oh, my my lad, my guy. <laughs> my, my guy, Roald It'd be like you know, a nuts magazine. Connor, that, um, for, for those who don't know, uh, you know, I can't be bothered to explain what nuts is. Google it. Um, is nuts still a thing? No. Yeah, I can get you some, Mark. I'll send them to you, mate. I don't, I don't want your counterfeit nuts, mate. I'll be honest, I don't believe it, but it's but good. What? It's good. No, no. Okay, right. I, I, I can, I can no. understand that. What do you mean you don't believe it? There is, it's a fact. You can't just not believe fact. You, you can't. It's, it's you the thing, the IKEA catalogue will constantly change. Yeah, but you're so not it's different me versions it's... of that. They're not updating the Bible that everyone's gone, oh, I need to buy a new Bible because, you know, it's got that new deleted scene in from Acts, exactly. from the Acts new, 3. It's got the new author's note Dan, the, 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 most, the, you know, the most important part of this fact isn't that it's the most consumed or the most bought. It's the most printed book. So, Mark, you know, you've got to think about how quickly and how many times they're updating these catalogues. And IKEA is a global worldwide brand that is really successful. So I, I believe it 100%. I think it's definitely printed more than the Bible, just probably not consumed or bought more than the Bible. Uh, that's a valid point. I, I said, said that I quite like going to IKEA because it's like being on one of those theme park rides where you have to learn something. You know, like it. It, it's a small world or, or oh, Mr. Bubbleworks in um, in Chessington near London. You know, you sit down and it takes you around and and you go to different places, different themes. That's what Ikea is like. I do like Ikea for that reason. Oh, I hate Ikea. I just love it. You've had the meatballs. I, I, I find oh, the meatballs meatball. overrated. <laughs> I find Ikea, a king, uh, Ikea itself is a kingdom of hell. And um, I'll be honest, most of this is tainted by the fact that for the last five years I've lived in London, I'm the one with the car and I drive a Toyota Igo. And for those of people who do. don't know a Toyota <laughs> Igo, it's like the least cool car in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's a very uncool car. And it's basically it's very close to being classified as a go kart because it's so small <laughs> and unpowerful. He's such a Mark car. I love it. So trying to fit in like a Billy bookcase into my car with like housemates going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get this and get this and get this. And I'm going, I've got, I go, there is no way this is fitting in my car. And then having to go through the stress of it fitting in. That's one of the reasons. Mark, I, I you wait, mate. Now we're in America on the homepage. That Iago, that Iago would turn into a Lamborghini Hurricane in years. He's not. No, he's. If Mark had all the money in the world, there's no way he's getting a Lamborghini. He's getting a um, Citro- Citroen Picasso. Right, Mark, your third and final fact, please. Hippopotamonstrosis quipidaliphobia is not is not only one of the longest words in the dictionary with 36 letters, but it also, it means the fear of long words. They do a lot of that on purpose, though. It's like the fear of palindromes. So, Connor, do you know what a palindrome is? No. Uh, palindrome is something that reads the same forward as it does backwards. For instance, uh, uh I'm trying to think of anything. Bob. Bob is a palindrome. Uh, the uh, Sorry, Mark, I'm going to trump your fact here. Uh, the fear of palindromes is something called 
ibophobia, which reads the same forwards and backwards. They do it with fears quite a lot. They're, they're trying to kind of freak people out, I reckon. Dan, what are you going on about, mate? Who's Bob? A, a palindrome is something that reads the same forwards as backwards, like the word I. If you read I forwards, it reads I, if you spin oh. it around... Oh my god! As in E Y E, not just the letter I. I'm imagining Connor going. Well, of course, I is the same forward and backwards. It's one letter. No, I, I thought you meant red going forward and backwards as in like movement. So like Bob. Oh my god! Right. Okay. Or like oh god, I thought Bob was a person. Or the word you meant as in walking forward and walking backward. It reads the same distance. Oh my word! You're an absolute eight-year-old man-child. Or like radar. That's a, a palindrome. Is something that reads the same forwards as backwards. The fear of palindromes is abophobia, which if you flip it around, is also ibophobia. They do it on purpose. They really do. Like oh, Lil. 100%. Lil. Like what? Lil. Like Lil Wayne. Lil. Yes, although, of course, Connor, that's not a real word. And you couldn't come up with something that's more complicated than three letters. Okay. Lol. That's still again, three letters. Three letters. Mark, give us that word again. Uh, Hippopotamonstrosis quipidalophobia. 36 letters long. Uh, put that into context. It's two letters longer than supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Right, let's move on to my third and final fact. Uh, what, do, Mark, what does a defibrillator do? A defibrillator uh, it brings you, starts your heart again or helps your heart get started again. I thought it helped with pregnancy. Nope. Please, no. Nope. Connor, never go, never be a doctor. Nope. That's some weird turkey baster that you're using. Yeah, so Mark has, Mark has slightly touched on it. So most people think a defibrillator is something that starts a heart again, but it actually does the opposite. It stops your heart. So a defibrillator, Connor, is in, you know, when someone's having a cardiac arrest or a heart attack and, you, and they take those two metal paddles and they go clear and then they poof. Yeah, yeah, and it sends you electric. It sends an electric shock all around your body. You see that on telly a lot. Most people think that starts your heart again, but actually, it does the opposite. It stops your heart, and then what happens is your body, your heart, uh, you don't want to die, so it naturally kicks in again. It naturally starts, and the hope is when you start again, whatever was the problem with your heart earlier has been cancelled it's the body equivalent of going turn it off and back on again that's literally what it is yeah that's what a defibrillator does it doesn't so what's start the fact? your heart well, the, everyone thinks a, a defibrillator starts your heart but it stops a heart that's the fact it's better than your roll dial thing come on I, that I is like your that. fact like, that you're bringing to the podcast I like that Dan so when they push on your chest that is actually stopping your heart no no so when they send the shocks they're stopping their heart when they're when you're when they're doing CPR, when they're going, you know, ah, 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 staying alive, staying alive. When they're doing that pumping, that's just keeping it pumping to keep the, uh, to trying to kick it in gear again. Got you. Interesting. The defibrillator is the well, ones with the electric shocks through it. That's what it's doing. Yeah. Sending a massive electric shock right through you, which cancels your, your heart, which stops your heart beating. Why they use it is when your heart is beating abnormally. That's definitely a fact I'll use again, Dan. You note, note the sarcasm. <laughs> right, I think we should leave it there. That is the end for this week's Baffled. It's been a busy one as well. What have we learned? If you're in Indiana, over in the States, uh, with a moustache, you, you can't really get that flirty. Also, there's a fountain that, for some barbaric reason, is richer than all of us. And finally, uh, we know that Connor would love to have a little nibble on some animal turd. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, if you've got any facts that you know that we haven't said yet, something that sounds pretty amazing on the face of it, but when you dig down deep, it turns out to be just utter nonsense. 
Uh, let us know. Slide into our DMs. You can find uh, all of our accounts in the episode notes, however you're listening. Uh, make sure you're subscribing as well so you'll get a new episode every single week. Uh, and tell someone else as well. Loving the amount of people that are getting involved. They're sharing facts. We would love to hear some. And you can also leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Say goodbye, Connor. Goodbye, gentlemen. Say goodbye, Mark. See you later. And it's goodbye from me. We are off to track down a random woman on her own in America. We'll see you soon. Let's not end on that. That sounds creepy. (laughs) We'll see you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know that project you've been working on, just chipping away at it, dreaming of the day you get to show it off? Then, when you're least expecting it, cancer. And finishing that project actually happens. I would know. I've been restoring this car for years, and today I'm giving it to my granddaughter. It's her 16th birthday and two years since my cancer diagnosis. you finished it? Happy birthday, boo-boo. You keep making plans. Visit OhioHealth.com slash keep making plans to learn more.